0: Hello again. This is Series 14 of Satisfied. The Series 14 podcast Enhance The Adorn Yourself With Godliness Bible Study, covering the books of 1 Timothy and Titus in the New Testament. I'm Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and his word. In the last podcast, we learned what godliness is and why we should desire it in our lives. In this podcast, we will cover lesson one of the Adorn Yourself with Godliness Bible study. You will learn that grasping God's truth is essential to godliness. Here we are at the start of our study of 1 Timothy and Titus, two of Paul's letters that are full of fashion facts for us so that we can adorn ourselves as God would want us to do. Speaking of fashion, in the last podcast, I mentioned the process by which a fashion piece, like a dress or a shirt, is made. Seamstresses use pattern pieces to cut out material. Looking at just one pattern piece, like the sleeve, won't teach you how to make the dress. But looking at the picture of the dress, the finished product gives you an idea of how the pieces fit together. A seamstress has the finished product in mind as she follows the instructions to use all the pattern pieces to construct the dress as it was designed. This is similar to studying the Bible. As you read through 1 Timothy and Titus, you may have noticed a few major themes. They were hot button issues. Those are like pattern pieces that fit together and contribute to the whole picture. Both letters emphasize the need for godly leadership in the local church. You saw a number of references to maintaining a good reputation for the church. You also saw an emphasis on Christians doing good deeds that demonstrate what we believe, which enhances a good reputation for the church. The biggest theme is adorning yourself with godliness rather than ungodliness. And that one really works hand in hand with another theme. Teach and maintain truth and sound doctrine while guarding against error. Truth enhances your devotion to God. Error takes you away from Him. Both influence how you adorn yourself. Understanding what your God, the creator of the universe and your personal savior is saying to you is far more important than making a dress to adorn your body. So let's examine this more closely. When you read any of Paul's letters, you will notice how careful he was to teach and maintain truth in everything he said or wrote. It was ever present on his mind. When he encountered error infiltrating one of the beloved churches he had founded, he immediately went after it, no burying his head in the sand. No ignoring it and hoping it would go away. You saw that as you read through 1 Timothy and Titus. Any error that persists is like a spiritual infection in the body. You know how to recognize a physical infection by its symptoms. The same is true regarding a spiritual infection. Any opinion or belief that contradicts established biblical truth can cause an infection in the body of Christ. And like an infection in the human body, it always affects life, so it must be addressed. Thankfully, the answer to all spiritual infections is the truth that has been given to us in the Bible, especially in the New Testament. The writings of the New Testament are the work of the Holy Spirit revealing himself to the apostles and other disciples of Jesus. The historical reliability of the scriptures is an important issue. And the New Testament writings can be investigated to show that the biblical records are trustworthy. We can know that God's Word is true and reliable. Knowing truth gives us a spiritual immune system that fights and prevents infection in our hearts and minds. Grasping God's truth is essential to godliness. Now, grasping truth has three parts. First, you dwell in the truth of God you can know. Next, you humbly accept what you don't know or understand. And then you discern any teaching that you read or hear through the complete revelation of God's Word. These three parts help you to adorn yourself with godliness. So let's look at them one at a time. First, dwell in truth that you can know. We think of the word dwell as a place where you make your home. To dwell in truth is to make your home there. That means God's truth dominates your thoughts and attitudes, governs your life, and satisfies your heart. God's truth is a healthy home for us. To understand how to live as God intended us to live, we need to spend time perfecting our knowledge of Him through His Word. Not just pieces every now and then, but deliberately getting familiar with all of it. Every Christian should read through the Gospels, getting to know Jesus well. Then continue reading through the whole New Testament to get the big picture of what your salvation is all about. Then go back and read through the Old Testament to get the really big picture of God's plan of salvation from the very first and why the Jews were such a huge part of it. Don't expect to understand it all, but you will begin to have a grand picture of God and His plan throughout the ages. God gives us plenty of truth in the Bible that we can know and trust. There are 66 books of Revelation given to us, 1,189 chapters. God wants us to know the truth He has revealed to us, to make our home in that truth. Each passage we read or study has plenty of truth that we can know with certainty and allow to govern our lives. So dwell in truth you can know. The second part of this process for grasping truth is to humbly accept what you don't know or understand. In the midst of those 1189 chapters in the Bible, there are verses we just don't understand. Perhaps you don't understand something you've just read, but you might understand it in the future as you learn more through Bible study and as you hear great teaching that helps you to understand it. But there are things we'll never completely understand until we get to heaven. We'll see examples of that in 1 Timothy. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 29, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. Did you hear the emphasis on the things revealed? They belong to us. Yes, we can know them, but there are secret things the Lord has not revealed yet to any human. As we study the Bible, we can do our best to try to understand what is written. But you may never understand something that you read. Don't let that shake your confidence in understanding God's truth. When you run across something that you can't seem to understand from a Bible passage, make the choice to humbly accept what you don't know or understand and be satisfied with it. The third part of the process for grasping truth is to discern all teaching through the complete revelation of God's Word. This is what I mean by that. First, evaluate what you read and hear by comparing it with the whole Bible. We can't take pieces of the Bible, like a verse or group of verses, and build our thinking on that and we shouldn't let experiences and feelings become our measures of truth. There's junk out there about God, so it's important to really get to know the God of the Bible and what He says to us. All false teachers through the centuries have taken advantage of people who were not dwelling in the truth revealed in the whole Bible. Before starting a detailed study of a book of the Bible, we need to read the whole book to get a general feel for its message. Like a seamstress, we get a glimpse of the whole picture before putting together the pieces. The pieces only make sense as they contribute to the whole dress. We should not be content to adorn ourselves with only one piece of the dress—a sleeve, a cuff, or a collar—and think we're wearing the completed dress. So when studying a specific passage in the Bible, we should read the whole chapter in which it is found to see the context of the passage. You'll see that we do all of that in this study and in just about every other Joyful Walk Bible study. Let me say this, though. Even the best teachers are not infallible. Most are 80 to 90 percent right in what they teach and would love to know where they're wrong so they can change it. That includes me. Always check what you read and hear with what the Word of God says. To discern teaching, you also must avoid the look, imagine, see dragon when viewing any verse. The look-imagine-see dragon shows up this way. Someone looks at a verse or passage, imagines what they want it to say, then their mind sees what they have imagined through twisting word meanings and interpretations. The result feels more comfortable with what the culture says, but it's not intellectually honest. And it really boils down to basing truth on someone's opinion. Once it starts, it's like a fiery dragon burning truth in its path. That's why I call it the Look, Imagine, See, Dragon. Cultural influence on Bible study feeds this dragon. The culture entices you to look at a verse and imagine a way for it to fit whatever the culture wants. Then your imagination sees what you want to see. Many types of false teaching through the years have started this way. The Look, Imagine, See, Dragon leads to error in any discipline based on truth, science and history as well as the Bible. The brave thing to do is to tame the dragon, at least as far as your own approach to Scripture is concerned. So how do you tame the dragon? Well, you tame the look, imagine, see dragon by considering the Bible as sufficient on its own, not needing our improvement. In it, we find what our God considers right and wrong across all time periods, all nationalities and cultures, and across all levels of civilization. Not liking what it says about any one issue does not give us license to change it to make it easier for everyone to accept. We must consider the Bible as sufficient on its own to tame the dragon. You also tame the look, imagine, see dragon by basing your faith on what is in God's Word, not something you've just heard about it and not something you're imagining to be there. Don't let yourself approach the Bible with that mindset. Stop listening to others who do. Another way to tame the look, imagine, see, dragon is to follow the inductive process for Bible study. That's the process we use in all of our Joyful Walk Bible studies. We start off everyday study with asking for the Lord to teach us and give us understanding as we read and study. Then we answer the question, what does it say? We have you look directly at the text, what it actually says, not what you've heard it say or what someone else says about it. Good Bible study reads a verse in the context of the passage where it is found, the paragraph, the chapter, and the book. Each verse is usually part of a continual thought. But we don't stop there. The next question to ask in the process is this, what does it mean? That's not what it means to you or to your neighbor or to your Facebook friend. But what did it mean at the time it was written? You can examine the original words to see what the writer meant and what the audience likely understood. You can look at other verses with similar content to let the Bible interpret itself. Then you can understand what it means for you today. Once you know what the Bible says and what it means, then you're ready for application, which is learning how to live this out in your life. So look at what's there, learn what it means and teaches you, then live it out in your life. When you follow the inductive process for Bible study, you will be able to confidently dwell in that truth. Grasping God's truth is essential for godliness. You do that by dwelling in truth you can know, humbly accepting what you don't know or understand, and discerning all teaching from the complete revelation of God's Word. Grasping truth protects you and preserves your freedom. Believers in Jesus Christ should never stop learning His Word and learning from His Word. Everything we go through adds to it as we make the right decisions and learn to avoid the bad ones. As one longtime Bible professor, Charles Ryrie, said, The Bible is the greatest of all books. To study it is the noblest of all pursuits to understand it the highest of all goals. Receive the Word of God, accept it not as a human word, but as it actually is the Word of God. Then let it permeate your whole being so that you will not only be devoted to God, but also be able to adorn yourself with godliness. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with such love for God that you will want to live a life that pleases Him. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton, and this is Series 14 of Satisfied.